Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. So, hey, Steve, um, it seems like there's just some weeks when we do podcasting that there's a common theme that keeps showing up during yes, our indeed. therapy weeks, right? <laughs> and one of those for me, and I think you, you'll probably have had at least some of these this week as well, but it seemed to pop up with me a lot, is just this concept of coming together as a couple mm-hmm. and there being some conflict and and maybe conflict certainly conflicts a part of it, but for for example, a wife beginning to feel safe enough to express to a to a husband who's in addiction, yeah, he's suffering with betrayal trauma. She starts to get raw and real to tell him exactly what she feels with no filters, what she's going through, what he's put her through, and she finally starts to speak her truth. And when she does that, the guy just basically shuts down all the walls go up his defenses go up everything starts to fall apart with regard to their connection yeah and i've had uh, quite a number of couples this week where that's been happening and so we wanted to talk about today this whole this whole concept of what well, we're, we're going to call it uh, you know connecting in conflict which sounds entirely counterintuitive it's like opposite second. connecting in conflict are you nuts or connecting through conflict. Even. We could say yeah. connecting through conflict, right? Yeah. And so to start it out, so, uh, you know, Steve and I can share with you kind of where we're at today in our marriage relationships. And then right after we do that, we're going to share with you where we were <laughs> so that you can yeah. see the contrast. But today, uh, from, for uh, me, for example, when my wife begins to express raw and real without any filters, just tells me from the bottom of her heart how she's feeling, even if it's, um, you know, what some people would call really negative, or it might even be, um, you know, 
trying to correct me for some way that I'm behaving or what I'm doing. Today, I find myself when she starts to express that leaning toward her or into her, I see it as an opportunity to really connect and be intimate, right? Into me, you see, into you, I see. And she's inviting me to do that. I'm like, oh, yeah. great. She's, she's being honest and real and authentic. And now I get a chance to lean into her and really hear her, feel with her, be with her in this moment. Mm. And some of our greatest connecting opportunities happen through that. But that's where I am today. And let me, that's like, I don't know, two decades of work. Yeah. <laughs> Personal work to get to that place. No, it's 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 true, and it, I think it takes a long time to renovate that space uh, in 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 our heads. Us guys who struggle with the things we're going to talk about here in a minute, uh, in terms of you know renovating, I'm renovating my my office of my practice right now, so <laughs> the word comes to mind. But kind of renovating that space from what used to be for me just a, a total firing squad chamber. Mm right to uh to actually a space of like oh we can do cool things here um, yeah i love that word renovate that's a great word renovating that landscape as a couple well know, it takes renovate. it takes a ton of time and a ton of energy and like you i've i've run into some similar issues of late with some of my clients where again it's not an uncommon thing but uh you know if if there was one one concept out there uh, not maybe not one, but one of several that I would say are kind of the big culprit culprits for really having the potential to end a relationship dealing with the dynamics of sexual addiction and compulsion. Um, I would say that it's honestly this topic. Yeah. Um, more in some cases, in some than even the addiction itself. And because it, when, when we, we, when we lack a skill set to dialogue about conflict uh, really the relationship becomes truly damned in every sense of the word because any relationship, as we often say on here, requires conflict. Um, good marriages, I say this all the time, they have, that they, they, I mean, my wife and I, we disagree on things often. That's not a, a, a rare occurrence. I wish I could just sit here and tell you we were like of one heart, one mind, but She's, she's a different gender than me, has a different background than me, different value sets, different, you know, different everything. And, and so when we're really honest and transparent with each other, we technically disagree on quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Disagreement, right, as we are learning, and, and, and that used to be, like for, for Mark and I, that used to be a, a, a point of, of absolutely getting stuck and mired, right? Uh, that's, the, that's the point where we dig in, right? We, we we throw up our defenses and, and we, we really aren't having, uh, I tell couples sometimes, uh, when did you go? I'll ask them, you know, when I let them go in a, in a conflict in a session, sometimes I'll let that happen just to see how it works. And uh, when I've done that before, uh, there have been times where I'll say, so when did you guys, uh, when did you guys quit talking there? Mm. Like, well, just now. And I said, no, that was like five, six minutes ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. You you haven't been talking. You're just mudslinging, right? You're just you're just either defending or throwing or attacking or whatever. But there's not actual connection or or communicating going on. And so we want to talk about that today. Um, some of the walls that have blocked Mark and I, and I can virtually guarantee many of our our addict listeners here uh, today, and uh, really address and get into some of those so that we can walk away with a better understanding of how these work 
and why uh, they they play such a huge role in toxic conflict, and then in turn how we can turn it around. Yeah, so let's talk about, you know, I just talked about where I am today, but man, where I was in my deep addiction years, and not just the deep addiction years, but a good good many of my recovery years have been working this out. It wasn't that yeah. I suddenly got in recovery and this was all better. This is This is an ongoing effort. Um, but there were a lot of walls that blocked me from being able to get to where I've described, you know, this, this yeah. openness, this connection, this leaning in, this welcoming the opportunity for my wife, wife to voice exactly how she's feeling. But that's, I came from a really deep, dark place that was at the polar opposite of that. And I think one of the things is I've looked at that for myself and, and the clients I work with, it comes down to, uh, for us as guys, what, what we call uh, a shame filter, yeah. right? So much yeah. of what's happening in the relationship is being filtered through my, my own shame, right? And that, yes. as you've said, it kind of strains out all the good <laughs> that's trying to be done in that moment. Because really, when our wives are expressing themselves in, in, in a raw, authentic way, while the words sound, might sound to our ego like it's attacking, what it really is, is, is it, it's inviting. I'm inviting you to hear me. I'm inviting you to feel with me. I'm inviting you to provide a safe place where I can really express my heart and can yeah. hang in and do that with me. Yeah. Well, through my shame filter, I couldn't. Because everything my wife would say would just trigger me big time, right? My unworthiness, my not measuring up. Oh, here I am, not measuring up again. Here I am, not being good enough again. And yes. I would actually, we joke today, but she would say, yeah, every time I would get kind of raw and real with you, you, th you thought we were getting a divorce. Yep. And I oh, did. Yeah. Like, oh, For great, sure. we're getting divorced because my wife, there's some conflict here. No, absolutely. I, uh, I mean, I'm thinking of, of some clients that I've, I've worked with in the, in the recent past. I mean, it, far too often in, in, in our offices, we, we see examples of how this plays out in just really the most heartbreaking ways. I see a wife get brave and mm. really put herself on the line to get vulnerable again for the 15th trillionth time. And even though she's got every reason to question and be suspect and not do it, she picks up the sword once more. She trusts the therapeutic process enough to try. And her husband, and I'm not saying this is intentional because oftentimes it isn't, in many cases, in most, I'd probably argue it's not a lack of effort, but he is not able to meet her in that vulnerability. Yeah. And it ends up just feeding more of, and, and she gets back too much of what I would do, what Mark would do, what probably many of our addict listeners would do, uh, respond with a, a really potent combination of shame, abandonment, and, and attacking. Um, and, and we would, we would, we would filter out all, you know, too often we filter out any of the good like Mark is talking about, you know, it's, it's important to recognize that uh, it, this isn't always shame. Sometimes it's also just in, insecurity, right? Mm -hmm. um, when we talk about shame, we're, we're obviously talking about more of an identity, right? I'm convinced in my beliefs. It's not just, uh, hmm, I wonder, you know, it's, it, there's not an openness to it. It's a, it's a closed minded mindset. I suck as a husband. I'm a terrible dad. I, hurt my wife in all sorts of unspeakable ways. No matter what I do, I'll never beat this thing. No matter what I do, I won't quit hurting her. Um, that was my old shame voice. 
And every time I would try to show up in a, in a, in one of these vulnerable moments, right? It would just, we would run aground on my iceberg of crap. <laughs> yeah. Every time, right? The USS Steve and his wife would hit, you know, the gigantic wall and, and we would find ourselves walking away more frustrated. My wife was less eager to talk to me the next time. Mm -hmm. I felt even more hopeless and we edged just a little bit closer to divorce. Yeah. And, and the thing is, guys, if you're experiencing this, experiencing this shame filter or insecurity filter where you find your hackles going up and going into defensive mode really quickly, if your wife, you know, starts to get really raw about expressing how you've hurt her or how, you know, just different ways you haven't shown up or, or any of those things, this comes from a lifetime of experience, right? Yeah. For me, I learned as a kid to defend myself and to put up this wall because I got a lot of criticism that wasn't positive, mm -hmm. that wasn't yeah. constructive. It was attacking. It was belittling. It was, it was demeaning. And so I learned in order to survive emotionally that anytime anyone would come at me that way, I would throw up my walls yeah. and, and, and begin to resist immediately. Yeah. And I, and it was a legitimate survival strategy to just keep going as a kid. Right. And as a teenager, those are brutal years. Well, it's all we knew, right? That's it. It's it. it, it and that again, kind of leads to that tragic piece because watching a couple go through this process and they're both trying, but, but one of the big barriers that we're talking about today, so we've got the shame filtering, the insecurity, but also there's just this lack of skill set, right? Yeah. For both emotional expression, but also just even being emotionally present, right? Just being in the presence of my wife's pain was like trying to sit down and cuddle next to like the sun's corona. It was just like <laughs> searing. It was like, yeah. this is such an uncomfortable, hard place to be, right? I was just so averse to it. Uh, and even being in that place, you know, we talk about on this podcast, sitting in, in, in the pain. This is one of those ways in which most of us addicts, we lack that. And we lack it for very valid reasons. It's not because we're bad people. It's actually quite the opposite, right? We oftentimes have trauma that's been unresolved in our past ourselves. We oftentimes are struggling with, like Mark, like you said, right? Just we, we weren't taught anything different. It was a lack of understanding, right? Um, it's all we ever knew. It was the best that we could do to cope. The lacking these skill sets, right, for emotional expression and emotional presence are really the same ones that in many cases are the foundation of the addiction itself, because is it not just the same thing, right? It's a lack of being able to cope in healthy ways, right? Yeah. I come up against issues or challenges or problems, and I turn to what my my child or what my youth or what, what days of old taught me will work. You know, for all of you listening out there, Mark and I get it. We know recovery is tough stuff. No kidding, man. We'd have given anything during those dark addiction years to have two seasoned professionals like us, you know, to bounce stuff off of, to get advice, to get mentoring. I know, right? That's why we've created the perfect program to guide addicts and spouses on their path to healing. For those listening today, there's no need for you to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to make the same mistakes we did. Don't go it alone. We're in this together. To get started, visit daretoconnectnow.com. 
Yeah, and and so you look at you look at the things that were modeled to us, right? How many of us as guys, all you guys listening, how many of you had men modeling to you as you were a kid growing up how to do this? How many yeah. emotionally vulnerable men did you see in action? How sure. many did you see sit in the pain with their spouses? Yeah. Who showed you that? Absolutely. It was just the opposite. <clears throat> it was defending. It was throwing up walls. You know, one of the things I found myself doing when my wife would start to get raw and real like this and really express her pain is I would find my brain, for example, focusing on the facts. Well, yeah. what she just said just then wasn't entirely accurate. Sure. And I need to bring that up here because I can't just let her get away with that. that yep. That's not how it went down. That's not what happened at all. Yeah. I find my brain just focusing on these little narrow aspects, looking for the mistakes that she was going to express, looking for the ways that she was being unfair or unjust, ways I was being called out that really weren't legitimate. And so all of my, all of my focus was on those things, trying to pick them out to, because I learned to do that to defend myself. Yeah. But in doing so, I immediately took my place out. I took myself out of the place of empathy and being able to feel with her and be in that space with her. I would remove myself from that place, all focused on these facts and being logical and linear and, you know, solutions based. And, you know, it's just that whole linear place was not the place of feeling and sitting with her in that space. I didn't yeah. know how to do it. If it started to even go anywhere near me feeling what somebody else was feeling, especially if those feelings were negative toward me, I would not tolerate being in that space for like more than a second. <laughs> oh, sure. And it would just show up not just there, right? But really in any scenario. You and I were talking before we we, 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 uh, we recorded today. And I, I, I really do feel this way. If somebody were to come up to me on the street, and was just like, you know, like, I don't even know him, right? Steve, you are such a uh, fill in whatever naughty word suits you best today, right there, you know? You've a been jerk, such a, a jackass, a loser. <laughs> my, my, my thoughts were a little stronger, but yeah, I, know I, don't, I, don't, I don't want this podcast to get an adult rating. But, but yeah, I, I, if, if somebody came up and said, you know, you're just such a jerk. You've been such a jerk to your wife. There have been so many times where she probably should have just left you and then just like walked away. <laughs> I would be super puzzled and I probably would be like a little bit offended. Like, where is this guy coming from? But, but pretty quickly, I can honestly tell you that I would probably just look at him and just be like, I don't know how you know that, but yeah. Yep. Like that yep. is, that's true. Right. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, Oh man. Oh, that had been like, I don't know what would happen. Them's, them's fighting words. <laughs> them's is fighting words for sure. <laughs> right. And that kind of brings us to an important point here that, that, that is, is critical. A good way to measure if how, how your capacity to be able to connect in conflict, the more emotionally grounded a person is, the more we push towards that place, the more we are able to tolerate and be with and sit with the opinions actions, thoughts, perspectives of people that, that we find offensive or that we disagree with. Hmm. Um, the more grounded I am in who I am, what I'm about, what reality really is, the more I will be able to tolerate in a very healthy way those other things. 
when we resist those things, it speaks to, among other things, a, a, a deep-rooted fear that many people carry, right? And addicts are the ultimate culprit of this, of if I don't speak up and say something, right? If I don't immediately jump in and challenge what's being told to me, then that's going to be interpreted as, I can't let that be interpreted as that I agree. Right. If I, if I let that go right there, that means it's true yeah, and it's accurate and, and I'm at fault. So I can't let it go. I have to say something right now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Oh, for sure. So, so there are lots of components to this, you know, and, and it is important to note too, especially for our listeners where maybe you're new in this process. There is also just not just a lack of skill set, but also a lack of understanding, mm. right? Uh, specifically about how betrayal trauma even works. I work with men all the time. Mark and I work with men all the time who they've never even heard that term when they first walk into our office. And when we start talking about the symptoms of it, they will oftentimes say something along the lines, not in a mean way, but, oh, yeah, that's like you're just talking about when my wife goes crazy. (laughs) Right. Well, it does look a little bit like insanity if you don't have a reference point of how it works and why it works in the brain. And so oftentimes this this, you know, we get stymied by just a lack of of understanding and betrayal trauma. So what we're all, I guess what this all comes back to, right, is, is being able to look at these different areas and approach it first from an individual perspective, right? Before you start taking your partner's inventory, it is critical that we start looking at, you know, how do I show up in these conversations, right? Am I grounded today? Am I based in a solid place? Is, is if, if a difficult topic comes up, it's asking yourself, the question, am I strong enough today? Now, for a guy, that sounds really great <laughs> grading, grading on metal. But but am I strong enough today? Am I in a ground enough place to sit with her in her pain? And if not, I will be much better served by taking ownership of that and putting in the work to do it before that. Right. And this is, you know, as we talk about this, being able to show up and, and sit in the pain with, with someone, with a spouse, this is not just... Uh, incredibly valuable for your relationship and coming together. <clears throat> this is an essential part of your recovery, guys. Yes. All the things we're talking about are things that you should be doing in your recovery and returning to healthy living anyway. Yes. Facing my shame, looking at all the all the ways that I get triggered in my insecurities, looking at some of my ego defense mechanisms and, and issues. Stuff that was modeled to me as a guy as I grew up that I just simply act out in a very robotic autopilot way today. Yeah. The assignment we have for you as we as we kind of tie this up is listen to this as a couple and then dare to talk about it. Like guys, invite your wife to to help you to see. Do do you notice, sweetheart, any of these things coming up? Do I put up these walls? Yeah. It's better to help you to see that than your spouse. Well, and and I'm so, I I just, I think about this and I love what you're saying. And I just, this is one of the reasons why I am so excited for Dare to Connect to come out on May 1st. Uh, May 3rd. Or, well, I guess maybe, yeah, you can enroll and register May 1st. Right. Enroll and register May 1st. And our first live webinar will be May 3rd. You're right. Yeah. So we go live on May 3rd. Thank you for the clarification. (laughs) And, you know, it's it's because this podcast we know is helpful to a lot of people, and we are grateful for that. We get a lot of positive feedback about it. We get a lot of positive feedback in our practices. But where the rubber meets the road, there is simply no way to really address this on a more personal level uh, than in an 
than an environment like that. You know, with Dare to Connect, we're meeting with 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 you as as couples uh, online and it, with the opportunity to interact with you three times a week, right? Yeah. Where we can role play this stuff. We can actually like like practice it, right? Like let's let's talk about it. Someone give us a scenario, right? Let's go through it. And like, I'll take the role of the jackass. You can take the role of the whatever. <laughs> I, and we'll, yeah, <laughs> right? we, yeah, that's the exciting part. We'll actually be able to go into depth <laughs> that we can't do on this podcast, you know, and, uh, in dare to connect. So connecting in conflict, that'll be one of the things we spend a lot of time on in dare to connect each week is showing couples how to do it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. To move through these walls and to, and to come closer than they've ever been before. Yeah, we're 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 really stoked to to launch that and start working with with people. Absolutely. Please do visit us at uh, daretoconnectnow.com. We've got some awesome stuff up on the site kind of ready. We've got we got some cool stuff we're doing just in the finishing stages here, so we're we're excited to start that up. Um as as always guys, we we care about you. We care about your relationships. I think I misspoke there a minute ago when I said I'll be the jackass because <laughs> we act like jackasses, right? Let That's me clarify. Right. It's not your identity, Steve. <laughs> it's not an identity. Here, no. here's the therapist introducing a shame-based identity. Because <laughs> um, because you guys are not jackasses. I wasn't a jackass at the time, but we but all of these 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 holes in our recovery, those areas where we still need to work, you know, on our own insecurities, on our own confidence, on our own relationship with our higher power, right? Something we weren't even able to get to today, which is a huge piece of this whole thing mm. um, in terms of being emotionally grounded. Um, we will talk about all that and more on uh, on Dare to Connect. And, and uh, we love getting feedback from you. Please uh, shoot us an email if there's something you'd like us to address uh, on the podcast over at uh, pbscpodcast.com. Uh, Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Take care, and we will talk to you next week. Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.